Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia. We are the millennial movie movement, and I, of course, am your host, Becky Teller. And I mean, first of all, hi, how are you? I hope you're doing well. I mean, we are in October. We are four episodes in now, including today's episode, and we are just getting the ball rolling. There is more good things coming. You look great. I feel great. And I mean, let's do this, right? Because we are not only talking about another iconic film today. Uh, We have returning guest Johnny Sneed, who, if you haven't listened to his episode from season two on the film Being There, really great conversation. But he did mention the film that we're talking about today, uh, which by the end of the conversation, he was like, man, I really wish I had done that. And of course, that film is none other than The Graduate. The Graduate, which I'm ashamed to say I hadn't seen before recording this episode. Uh, So I love when guests give me an excuse to watch films that maybe I've been putting off or maybe I've just hadn't been in the mood for, quote unquote, or any other excuse in the book. Uh, Or maybe I'm just watching trash TV at the time instead of these really amazing movies. And I mean, if you haven't seen The Graduate, don't sleep on it. It's extremely funny and asks a lot of really complex questions. I'll put it that way. Um, But if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this episode, do your homework before you jump into this because we are talking about all of it, spoilers included. So make sure that you're watching these films beforehand, or if you're listening to them, I hope you get inspired to watch them immediately afterwards. So without further ado, my interview with Johnny Sneed about his favorite film, The Graduate. Enjoy! Scopophilia, it's the newest thing to hit the market. Defined as deriving aesthetic pleasure from looking at something, it's the new craze sweeping the nation. Taken in large doses, side effects can include an addictive nature to have more film content. If this increase occurs, consult no one and keep listening. Scopophiliacs, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia, the podcast. And I'm so excited because we have friend of the show back on again, Johnny Sneed. How Yay. are you? Been a while. I, I know, I know. It's I'm I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank good, you. Good, good. And I mean, because I know last time we talked, it was kind of still in the middle of COVID feeling. And, and how, yeah, here, how we, here we are again, back in the we, middle. <laughs> here we are again, exactly. I was going to say, you know, have, have things changed? Are you still kind of enjoying family life and things like yeah, that? Yeah, we're still laying pretty low. Uh, I mean, we go go for walks and we actually had some friends come over yesterday and we sat outside. But, uh, you know, because my wife and I are both vaccinated, but uh, my son is is four or will be four mm. and so no vaccine so we're being a little extra careful careful excuse me right. careful with him and and uh you know the latest news about being able to carry even if you're vaccinated you might still be able to infect someone else and so yeah. we're just being a little extra careful still but fair anyway yeah <laughs> crazy uh, i know yeah ah, it's 
It's <laughs> surreal that this has been going on so, so long, but. I know. And for a while it was like, oh, things are getting better. Like we're all vaccinated. That's great. And now things are like kind of, mm. kind of. <laughs> Glad I didn't throw away those masks. That, exactly. Uh, I had. Yeah. Pull <laughs> exactly. them out again. Well, no, I'm, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm glad you guys are doing okay. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm especially excited because I know last time we had talked, you had mentioned this film. Yes. I hadn't seen it until last night. Oh, nice. nice. Which was very exciting. And so you decided on The Graduate for today. Yes. And so tell 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 the listeners a little bit why why this film and not a different film. Well, I think when you and I spoke before, something came up. And I think I mentioned The Graduate or I had a line in my head that came out or something. Yeah. And um, it had just been in my family, just like um, being there with Peter Sellers, the one we talked about before. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of lines in there that my father and I would kind of quote back to each other, just like it's sprinkled throughout our conversations over the years, you know. Yeah. And then same with um, The Graduate. Actually, it's funny. There's a line in The Graduate after Dustin Hoffman comes home, you know, he's the sort of aimless graduate, uh, not sure what he's going to do with his life. And his parents have thrown him this party and he, um, you know, reluctantly joins the conversation and he feels smothered by all these adults <laughs> and these people asking him what he's going to do with his life and all this stuff. And this one guy sort of ushers them out to the pool and says, I got one word for you, Ben. Plastics. <laughs> and that line just cracks me up. The way the sound of like all the adults voices is really great to me. Like the sound design is really funny in the movie. Um, uh, It is great. And it makes it funny is what I mean to say. And, um, but his voice saying plastics. So that line, my dad and I, to this day, when we see each other (laughs) or either upon greeting, usually when we're saying goodbye, like if I visit the family and we go to shake hands and I say goodbye to the him, plastics that's like our <laughs> line to each other to, i mean for 40 odd years 30 odd years however, however old i am or however whenever i saw the movie with him but somehow i mean that was just an ongoing line right forever i meant with your future your life well that's a little hard to say ben excuse me mr mcguire ben mr mcguire come with me for a minute i want to talk to you Excuse us, Joanne. I just want to say one word to you. Just one word. Yes, sir. Are you listening? Yes, I am. Plastics. Exactly. How do you mean? There's a great future in plastics. Think about it. Will you think about it? Yes, I will. I've said that's a deal. It's just so funny. There's so many little funny lines in the movie, I think. And it just, that's what I like about it. And it's just, it's visually very interesting and the acting is great. And um, I will say that the... (laughs) I like... Simon and Garfunkel are fine. I got a little tired of that whatever that song is scarborough fair when i was listening to it uh, watching it again i was (laughs) like okay i'm enough with that one but um (laughs) mrs robinson is great and the um and the sounds of silence and it seems to fit uh, the movie but that for some reason that the flute and the 
Scarborough <laughs> yeah. rubbed me wrong. I was like, God, I would like to, if I could like put some other song to that next time I watch it, maybe right. I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally, I totally, it makes it, it kind of feels like you listen to Scarborough Fair like three or four times in a row Yeah, during yeah. it, which is really an interesting choice. But I did yeah. want to tell you, because I, I know you'd mentioned the the plastics. Yes, I did see a fact online that was like a year after the film came out, the plastics industry like implode, like doubled in Double, how many people yeah. were implying. And the guy who said that line was like, if I had known, I would have bought stock in plastics. <laughs> yeah, right. What was I think? <laughs> I didn't know I was so uh, uh, prescient. Yeah, able right. to <laughs> foretell the future. Gosh, <laughs> that's so funny. I know. I mean, this is a this is like an iconic classic film. Yeah. But yeah. for people like me who haven't seen it until now, yeah. What would you say is kind of like the quickest synopsis you could give about it? Well, I mean, uh, he it's it's a coming of age. You know, you're he's a, in his twenties, sort of not sure what's next, and I think we can all certainly identify with that feeling regardless yeah. of age <laughs> and regardless of what stage we are in our life. I mean, we don't know what's next. And like what he, he says that a, a few times, I think in the movie, um, I'm worried about my future. Mm. And, um, and me too. And yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm worried about mine. Uh, and so I, it's just, it's, it's about that and how he, um, uh, struggles against expectations um, and finds his own way, but also recognizes his own, uh, hypocrisies and, you know, uh, sort of a little bit of loss of innocence, loss of idealism, but still maintaining a little bit of, uh, fight to try to do something different and do, uh, you know, what's, n um, unexpected, I guess, or to, to go against what's expected of him. Um, and even though he, his family, he comes in, in the movie, in the story, his family is wealthy. I feel like they do a good job in the movie of making it, you, 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 you empathize with Dustin Hoffman's Benjamin character mm -hmm. right away. Like it's, it's more about the, the young man against the adults. It doesn't matter what a, it doesn't matter that he's wealthy. You might say, well, God, what's he complaining about? He's got it seems like he's got a pretty good right. life. You know, he's, <laughs> you know, got things laid out for him maybe, but it's not, it's, you immediately kind of, at least for me, I felt I could still go, go along with the story and feel sorry for him or feel the struggle that yeah. he was feeling like not, not feeling like he wants to step into what is expected of him as yeah. if he was out of, had no say in it, no control of what his destiny would be or what his life would be. Yeah. And, um, and I was just I, in, in reading about it too. I, I, and you know, the opening scene, he's on the plane, he's coming home and he, he goes from the plane and gets on the sort of the conveyor belt. Thing yeah. to, <laughs> the, and, and so it sets it up beautifully visually too. Like he's, he's just being propelled into this world and he's like, I don't know if this is what I want, you know? Yeah. And, um, so did that answer your question? I'm not sure if I answered yes. your question. <laughs> no, I think it <laughs> As did. I was talking, I was like, I think there was, I was supposed to answer your question <laughs> somewhere. Well, I mean, that, that I'd say that's kind of the, the driving force of the film. Yeah. And then it just so happens that the way he copes with these things are like having an affair with Mrs. Robinson, falling yes, in love right. with her daughter and going right. on this kind of strange adventure of <sighs> what am I no. doing next in life? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> 
I mean, uh, yes. And, and gosh, it, Mrs. Robbins and Bancroft is so great in this oh movie. Oh my gosh. And oddly, she's only, when they filmed it, I think she was only six or eight years older than yeah. Dustin Hoffman. And uh, who, you know, he was like in his 30s, I think, or early, maybe 30. I think so, something like that. I think that. I'd looked that up. And so, but he's supposed to be a, you know, 21-year-old college yeah. graduate. But um, but the, it, it, wor- it just works. And she's so great to, um, you know, he's trying to be, you know, Ms. Ms. Robinson, no, this, you know, he's trying to resist and she is just on him. Whatever he says, yeah. she has a, a comeback for and can manipulate him into what you know she wants and yeah even though she doesn't seduce him at her first meeting mm-hmm. she is in control you know it's she's on the prowl and i read about the costume design she's always wearing animal prints you yeah. know yeah like they're a- having a drink in the ju- it looks like the jungle sort of <laughs> scene you know in their in their in their house you know in yeah. Robinson's house oh, so funny she's yeah. wonderful well, and I mean, she says, you know, of course I'm not trying to seduce you. Like, why do you want yeah. me to seduce you? And it's like, I'm pretty sure you know what's going on the entire time, Mrs. Robinson. Exactly. Don't play dumb with me. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. Everything she says. Yes, she she has a it's like this volley back and forth. And he's no match for her no. at all. I mean, she <laughs> is completely in charge. And, yeah. And um even when they, when they, when he finally does call her to meet at the hotel, which is a very funny scene, that whole thing where <laughs> he's trying to get a room and, and I'm very uncomfortable with Buck Henry, that the guy that plays the hotel clerk, who is the writer of the screenplay too. Is, oh. Yeah. And, uh, and that scene is so funny. And, uh, but she, you know, he gets, they go into the room and, you know, he's doesn't, he, he says, this is wrong. You know, this is great. You're my father's business partner's wife you know this yeah is, I've, I've got to stop and and she says oh is this your first time <laughs> uh, it's okay it's okay yeah and, and so then he has to prove himself so then he stays of course yeah. you know it's like she just knows exactly how to get him to do what she wants until then he breaks free and yeah and does the things she says she Not forbids to <laughs> him to do which is to see her daughter right elaine so yeah miss is such a strange and so strong of a character mrs robinson is yeah she has like an agenda and she knows how she's going to accomplish it and then it's almost like he finally like i don't know something about meeting elaine it's like he wakes up a little bit and is like oh well i really love elaine now like she's she's my age we have things in common she wants to talk to me that's great and then the whole plan kind of goes kaput in Mrs. Yes. Robinson's mind. And like, she kind of spirals, which is really interesting. Oh, I to know. Watch. I know. Right. Yeah. That scene when I think after, well, yes. Yeah, so then they, oh, see what happens. Yeah. So they, they, he had, he had, when he was with Ms. Robinson, um, later on, I mean, they, they had had that s- several, uh, rendezvous, which are, mm-hmm. which are so, well shown in that oh, uh, with yeah. some of the, the music sort of back and forth to his house to pool into the ro- hotel room and mm-hmm. sort of just going through the motions of those activities. And then um, uh, when she's in the room and he's asking her about her life and you get to know, oh, okay, she had Elaine mm-hmm. when they were very young. She stopped her studies in college. They sort of, and those, those at that time maybe felt like they had to get married because she was pregnant. Right. So it was this sort of loveless 
marriage, you find out they sleep in separate bedrooms, you know, and, and so you, you, now the veneer is a little, ex- she's exposed a little bit, you know, yeah. and, um, and you, you find out she put her study, uh, art studies on hold, all that sort of thing. And, um, <laughs> but then, yeah, once her, he sort of takes Elaine out and they have that disastrous first sort right. of <laughs> drink at the strip club or something. And she's, yeah. he realizes he's being an asshole and he apologizes and they, then they have that great night together and they yeah. um, connect. And, uh, but then the next day, yes, they, they, he's supposed to pick her up and Mrs. Robinson is leaps into that car and it's right. raining and she's like drive i mean yeah. it is things have turned <laughs> yeah yeah for worse. sure yeah. for sure yeah. <laughs> and it's it's so interesting because like from a modern perspective i'm thinking about dustin hoffman's character and being like okay you have slept with elaine's mother right and now you want to pursue her seriously how do you navigate that i know but he has such conviction about it of like i am meant to be with elaine that is the end goal (laughs) right right and and then and you believe yes okay i guess he's he does and (laughs) i know it makes no sense and i was trying to think yeah i don't know how i mean it's empowered how how you would think that could work (laughs) is amazing and it's not done in like a silly way like a um like an American pie movie or yeah. like a, you know, it's not, it's, 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 but yet there's so much funny stuff in the movie. That's what I love about it. It, yeah. it, it does. It's not so serious. It takes, it pokes fun at everybody a little bit, you know, a little bit. Um, and uh, I mean, his, <laughs> his conviction of that, he's decided that he needs to marry Elaine and be with her is so funny. And, and, and that they've just had this brief, you know one date or one and a half right. dates basically and she now doesn't want to see him at all she thinks you're despicable you've been sleeping with my mother and um but when he comes when he decides in his mind that he's going to marry elaine and he tells his parents that he's engaged <laughs> right. to elaine that is one of my favorite scenes uh, <laughs> because they're so excited you know of course yeah. this is they've been talking about you guys should get together and they're so excited and, and mr uh, uh um Mr. Braddock, Ben's dad is going to call the Robinsons. We should get together. And the the <laughs> scream that his mother lets out when she yes. comes in the kitchen and he says, I'm engaged to, his, to Elaine. Yeah. <laughs> is so funny to me. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. I watched it two or three times the other night. Just it made me laugh. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And then, he, you know, he confesses, well, she has no idea that I'm, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> you know. And uh, his his dad says, Ben, this sounds a little half-baked. <laughs> and his response is, oh, no, it's fully baked. <laughs> it's just, oh, that just, I yeah. just love that so much. Say that again. I'm going to marry Elaine Robinson. <laughs> says that he and Elaine are getting married. Ha! I don't believe it. That's what he says, right? I'm going up to Berkeley today. Oh, <laughs> hey, come on. We've got to call the Robinsons. We've got something to celebrate. No, I think you'll want to wait on that. Oh, they don't know. No, they don't. 
Well, when did you decide all this? About an hour ago. Uh, uh, wait a minute. You talked to Elaine this morning? No, she doesn't know about it. Uh, you mean she doesn't know that you're coming up to Berkeley? No, actually, she doesn't know about us getting married yet. Well, when did you two talk this over? We haven't. You haven't? Ben, this whole idea sounds pretty half-baked. Oh, it's not. It's completely baked. It's a decision I've made. Well, what makes you think she wants to marry you? She doesn't. To be perfectly honest, she doesn't like me. It's such... <laughs> he delivered... I mean... Dustin Hoffman delivers those lines so dryly and so seriously. Oh, it's just perfection, really. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. He's so... And he kind of whimpers a couple times, too. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. I know. It's oh. so funny. And, oh. oh, man, just the delivery of those lines is so great. And, I mean... And that answers my question. I was going to say, do you have like a favorite moment in this? I think that is one of my favorite. I mean, there are a lot, but that like the plastics for sure. Um, <laughs> and then, the, yes, when he tells his parents that he's engaged and, and his the actress playing his mother <laughs> is just so hilarious. And then, um, yeah, that moment is one of my favorites. And then the other one, too, is... Uh, when Mr. Robinson comes home, when he, when Ben has taken Mrs. Robinson home and they're, they've been upstairs for a second. He runs downstairs because he hears Mrs. Rob, Mr. Robinson coming home. Right. Mm-hmm. That scene with the two of them is one of my favorites too, <laughs> because his voice, Mr. Robinson's voice is great. Ben, yeah. Ben, <laughs> that sort of grovelly yeah. thing and condescending or not condescending, but just sort of oblivious to how Ben, re- who Ben really is. And yeah. I think he says, "Are you? do you like, uh, what, can I get you a drink? And he says, bourbon. And he says, and he pours him a scotch. Right. He gives it to, you know. <laughs> a scotch still your drink? Bourbon, said, actually. Bourbon. He just keeps scotch. on pouring. Yeah. I <laughs> know. Uh, oh, so good. The two of them, when he's like, if I were, you know, you seem a little uptight or sort of wound a little tight. <laughs> yeah. the, just the way he delivers his lines to Ben, who is just, so uncomfortable and just looking it doesn't say a word maybe like one or two things that 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 scene with him and then also the scene when mr robinson comes when uh ben has rented an apartment Mm. and mr robinson comes in to a a, he has found out that he's you know had an affair yeah that ben has had an affair with his wife that scene cracks me up too because he, the the lines he says and just the way he is and he, he's not in as in control as he was offering him the drink you right. know he's a little bit broken but the, mm-hmm. the, the things he says are just really funny to me that um i can't remember i, I blanked on what i was gonna bring up but that that <laughs> when he says when ben says uh well look mr he's trying to say it was nothing i the thing i had with your wife was nothing um it was like sh- it was like we were shaking, shaking hands, hands. <laughs> and then and then when Mr. Robinson is said, "You disgust me. You're a degenerate. And I'm going to leave." And pardon me if I don't shake your hand, Ben. <laughs> Just the way that. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love that that's just so good well and it's so interesting in that scene like he's he has lost almost all power in the situation yes. it seems because like yeah. even when ben tries to approach him he goes over ben's bed which is like the least suave thing to do in yeah, that right. situation uh, right like i'm just scurrying out of right. here like as fast as i can <laughs> yeah. like a cat cat <laughs> 
So oh my true. god, I know. Oh. <clears throat> and I gotta and then, say, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you. This is your oh. show. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, you know, all of those factors, and then you throw in the this kind of strange cinematography from a modern perspective of like it's very kind of avant-garde gorilla-esque which is really fun (laughs) yeah well it's so but it's so still in certain moments like the very beginning is very cold a lot of times and and yeah i mean like yeah with like the scuba stuff under underwater and then yeah it's uh you know a lot of stuff happens in a frame like though he'll just leave it'll be long shots, you know, they'll, yeah. a lot of things will be happening the way the camera just sort of stays there and people come in and out of frame and there's something happening at the, the at, uh, you know, in close range and then out of focus, there's things happening. And, yeah. and, um, and then that changes when he goes on the date with Elaine mm. and then it feels like, Oh, now they're out in this wild world and there's more people. And it's sort of like, you're trying to keep up with the, them and through the crowd and it's not so still. And in sort of a longer lens looking at, looking from from far away trying to peek into what they're saying like when they when he's having that moment with elaine after she storms out of the strip club and she's this is a disaster i want to go home and he finally is like i'm sorry my you know i i'm not like this and they sort of get together and you i was watching there was a guy smoking a cigarette kind of like watching Watching them (laughs) yes and i didn't know i wondered if he was an extra or if he was just if they just shot that scene from afar like really on the streets or something because he's just kind of watching like seeing what's going on (laughs) and and i love that feel is it and it feels so different than from the the party scenes and Mm. the scenes in his house and the, the 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 hotel you know all seemed very form uh formal almost yeah yeah there's a lot more movement yeah in in the later scenes because like i was thinking of and there's also i think more of a a lack of so i'll put it this way but it's not the right way to say like a lack of caring in the first half of like well we don't care if you see everything because you're gonna get Uh, the information yes right right like that whole first scene um when he's in his bedroom his dad is like covering part of his face while they have a conversation and then his mom comes in and just covers the entire scene no i know (laughs) and then it backs out and it's like okay now you can see the rest of it (laughs) yeah right right (laughs) it's so interesting it's still you're still in in it like what's what's happening what and you don't need to see always every little thing you know and things can happen off off camera and you can hear it and i think mike nichols that's the director is a was came from theater as well and then he he got into film directing and so i think he is comfortable with letting things play Mm. uh out for for you as if you know watching the stage i guess but yet it's still i still uses the it's not like boring. It's not like the way he doesn't uh, just let the camera turn it on and, and let it go. And right. it's, it does have certain things he's showing you. And uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I really like, I really, I like how, I liked how, I liked how it looked. And yeah, me too. I, yeah. and it just keeps you engaged because, and I don't remember, I think it was the, um, maybe the cinematographer for uh, Rosemary's Baby, he was Uh talking about um, how the camera, when the old woman is making a phone call, Uh you can only see like the back of her, but you can't see where the phone is. 
or anything else. And so uh-huh. it was like, oh, you know, that's that's a ridiculous scene. You can't see what's going on. But then they screened it and the whole audience like leaned over in their chairs <laughs> like, as if they could like, oh, well, if I do this, I'll see, yeah, I'll I'll see, see what's it happening. That way. Yeah, right. So it gave me that like similar vibe throughout the film of like, well, if yeah. I turn my head like a little bit, I'll be able, I'll to, be able see. to see. Yeah. <laughs> Which keeps well, me he, engaged. I know. And he, and he played out some, some of those scenes, like when uh, Ben and Ms. Robinson are, are, he's trying to engage her in a, a you know, can we, can't we just have a conversation without just jumping in the bed? And mm-hmm. a lot of that is in the dark. It's yeah. You can't see it at all. I can't see it at all. You just hear the voices and um, a lot of times characters in the shadows and they're talking, talking and it, yeah. you know, applies to sort of what, their what's going on in the scene it makes sense you know it makes sense symbolically what that character is going through maybe or what yeah. they're doing you know keeping secrets and that sort of thing so yeah it works it does and it mm-hmm. it's engaging from start to finish of like there i mean because there are a lot of moments where i think this film could be really slow and like mm-hmm. really drawn out but uh-huh. even in those moments where the pacing feels a little slow, because the second half is much faster of like, oh, we right. have to go, we have to stop Elaine from getting married. Yes. And so I think there is a there is a fine line that this film walks of mm-hmm. being entertaining from start to finish while yeah. not losing. This is a little slower. This is a little bit more, you know, uh, yeah. X, Y, and Z. And then we're going to yeah. change it up immediately. <laughs> and then things, yes, we're going to yeah. get in our car and drive <laughs> as fast as we can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I know. Well, and I, yeah, like the, the slower stuff, I'm thinking at the beginning, uh, mm. when he, it's just like his sort of reluctance to, do the thing he would say he would he's against you know doing what his parents do like doing this sort of thing you know yeah but then he does then he that's then he enjoys he confesses to Ms. Robinson this is the thing that keeps me going I don't know that like that um all that his struggle with that is what it, it keeps it keeps me entertained even if it is slower and there's not much going on there's so it's just his struggle it keeps me watching it and, 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 and the humor and little personalities and little quirks that pop up on different people, I guess are enjoyable to me. Even having seen this movie so many times, you know, (laughs) I still find little things, little moments that make me laugh. Yeah. Catch me or surprise me or I forget. Oh, I forgot that that person did that. (laughs) Well, that's a good um, movie right there. Yeah. 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 It just sounds good. It's almost like the, all the the dialogue seems like it, it could not be any other way. I don't know how it, to describe it. It's like a song. It's like, of course, that's the way this person's voice is. It just has to be that way. And this maybe that's because I've seen it so many times. But it just <laughs> there's no other way it could be. You know, a certain tone of voice and the way that the actors are speaking. Right? Yeah, and this goes into each goes into the next scene and it just makes sense to me. I don't know. Yeah. It's so funny. Well, and it's interesting because there are, in my mind, there are certain films that should never be touched again. Uh, like uh, Back to the Future, no one ever uh, touched that. No like, yeah, you can't no do one. that. I feel like The Graduate is in that category of like Breakfast Club, Graduate, yeah. Back to the Future, like those really iconic movies. Yeah. Like no one should ever touch them again. 
because yeah, that I would feel make like, no sense. Yeah, I no. feel like it would lose something if it had like a more modern taste. I guess. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Yeah, it would be a much different movie if this was made in 2019. Yeah, right. <laughs> gosh, I know. There's so many movies. Gosh, with cell phones too. Just, I mean, I'm just thinking about the funny scene where he's like going in. He's frantically trying to find um, the wedding, you know, that he's got to stop. Oh, the church, yeah. And yeah, and he pulls into that gas station to like use the payphone, you know. (laughs) But it's like a rotary. Yeah, rotary. And he's trying to find the the, the white pages, you know, in the phone book. And uh, yeah. And he says, like, I'm, you know, he's trying to get information from the, the, the doctor, the, the, the groom's father's answering service, I right. guess, you know, and he's like, I'm the, I'm the priest. I have to be there. And I forgot, you know, whatever. <laughs> and he storms out of there and that gas station attendant says, do you need some gas father? <laughs> I just, little throwaways I love. But because yeah, then he you, does. And then he does. I know. <laughs> you should have paid attention. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't work. Cause now everything's on, you got your cell phone. Everybody yeah. knows what's going on. I don't know. Just, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, mm-hmm. I think you would lose like the texture that this film has on top yeah. of it. Like if you added modern elements, you lose. There's something so lovely because this was 67. There's something 67, so lovely yeah. about like those late 60s, early 70s films. They just have like a texture to them. I know, I know. So lovely. <laughs> I know, I just can't. Yeah, you can't touch it. You don't want to like mess it up yeah you try to put your modern modern spin on it yeah i just wouldn't yeah doesn't need it doesn't need it it no. still speaks i mean it, it uh, i mean when you i didn't realize there was a whole term for the a type of book uh, uh that uh what is it called um well i lost it but um <laughs> For that genre, you know, the coming of age, the, oh, the mm-hmm. young person in their, you know, journey trying to f- come to terms with what to do. I mean, it, when you just say a little bit about it, you think, oh, gosh, aren't there thousands of stories right. like that? And yeah, I guess there are. And, and and some are better than others. And But I still think this works. And it because of the humor, I think, to me, mm. that's what makes it. it, it and then also... The ending yeah. sticks. I love because he they they both have you know after he's interrupted the the, the wedding. Elaine, Elaine, <laughs> you know it's just so great. <laughs> and then yeah, he's banging yeah. on the glass. Elaine, and he's swinging at them with the cross, you yeah. know, trying to keep the crowd back and locks them into the church, you know. I think I even read that that was unintentional. You know, he wasn't trying to make some symbolic, you know, like right. they're stuck, but it just worked that that's what <laughs> they used. And anyway, um, I just love that. Then they get on the, they're so happy. Yes, we've, you know, we've done, we've defied our parents and we're yeah. doing what we want to do. And yes, we're on the, ba- they're on the back of the bus and they're smiling. And then the smiles fade. Yeah. And then they're like, well, you, I mean, and no other words are said. You just can see you what they're thinking about what now what. Yeah. Uh, now we're back to I'm worried about my future. <laughs> 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 and I just love, I don't know. I love it. We're, it's not, it's still, there's little, and they both sort of grin at separate times near the end. Mm-hmm. They're both smiling at first and then the smiles fade. And then they each share a separate grin. 
And then it's sort of, then they're just sort of blank and you don't know what, well, maybe this will work and maybe it won't, you know, but they're going to (laughs) try. Right. And, uh, and it leaves you with that. And that's kind of the, to me is always the perfect movie ending where you, it, it kind of could go either way, right? you know, and depending on your (laughs) mood and how you feel about them and how you feel about the movie, you, maybe you're, now yeah. you, what kind of person you are or what kind of mood you're in at that day, you might think they're going to do fine or they're gonna, right. this is going to end in a disaster. And that, yeah, I was going to ask you about the ending because I, I had the same sort of thought process of like, part of me was like, oh, the excitement's gone. Are they going to like break up after this? Is she going to just yeah. go back to this guy? Or is it, oh, well, now we have to figure out like what to do next. Like the, <laughs> the hard yeah. part's over. Now what? <laughs> yeah, right. Now I have to, all my stuff is back at the right. other place. Like, oh man. I'm still going to have to see do? my parents yeah. to pick everything like, up. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Dustin Hoffman's car is on the side of the road. Like, oh, I got to get gas. How are we going to get, we got to get some gas for my car. Right. Oh, <laughs> I don't have any money. I don't, yeah, I mean, it's like... <laughs> Well, we'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) I just love it. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's like you, you, it would be too neat if they, if everything was perfect, if it was all wrapped up, then you're like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's nice to have a little bit of uh, ambivalence or not ambivalence or just unclear of Mm. where they're going to go, you know, I don't yeah, I guess ambivalence. It could go either way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it would be a much different story if the car hadn't run out of gas and they jumped in and drove <laughs> off into the sunset. Right. It was right, like that's right. a very clear intention of like everything's going to be fine. They're It'll driving fine. into the sunset. No, nope. yeah. they have yeah. a bus. They stick a couple dollars in the the bus driver's yeah. toll. And they go into the back of the bus. <laughs> yep. <laughs> with everyone else looking at them, sort of <laughs> like hmm, uh, like. <laughs> Like it almost as if they're the ones like that they, oh uh, yeah, we were once idealistic. <laughs> that time is over for us. <laughs> that time is over. Yeah. Yeah. And they're looking at sort of with disdain at the youthful idealism that those two have, you know, yeah. they're all kind of like, what are you doing? Do you, how dare you think you can be happy? <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. We're miserable. This is going to be you. Right. Stop dreaming. (laughs) Yeah. What's your future looking like? Yes. (laughs) But I think that, so that's to me, regardless of your socioeconomic situation and regardless of your happiness in life, I think you can still identify with a sense of not belonging to some establishment, some whatever is established out there. And you're feeling of wanting to do your own thing, but then also recognizing that you're still a part of this very system that you're rebelling against, you right. know, in a way. I mean, <laughs> you, it's almost inescapable. The sense of being pushed along, you know, sometimes and just, I, I just, I feel like there's still some, even if it's dated, even if it's from the 60s, even if some of the stuff doesn't apply mm-hmm. it's there's still some universal themes i think that people can identify with i think that's probably my true mind. yeah yeah so then let me ask you a personal question yeah with there is definitely this theme of like rebellion i think in the beginning mm-hmm. of like going against conventions that have been yeah. set for you have you ever rebelled against something you know your parents didn't want you to do well i mean 
I mean, I, you know, I grew up in, in Mississippi, mm-hmm. uh, 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 happy family, I went to college, went to law school and sort of not know, I did not know what I wanted to do. Law school seemed like a good thing. And I'm very thankful and appreciative that, um, I was able to go and mm-hmm. I practiced law for a year. So I think I, re- my rebellion was in saying no to that. I then left to do, to take, um, another job with a, like a financial services company that I wasn't really happy with, but I was like, okay, maybe I can, maybe I can make some money doing this. And I'll, uh-huh. and so things were kind of put off. And then I, 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 you know, got married and we divorced, you know, on, I was gonna say on good terms. I mean, I guess it's not on good terms. But I mean, <laughs> it was like we both decided to, it wasn't like any drama. I mean, we right. just got divorced, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and uh, so I guess my rebellion is in the career path. Yeah, I guess I, mm. you know, I. It wasn't that my dad was like, you know, you have to do this, but I think he sort of had the expectation that I would use my my law degree. <laughs> in some respect. Right. And then, so when I was, uh, yeah, when I was in Texas working for this financial services company, I started doing some, act, you know, trying to do some acting there. And, um, so that was my rebellion, I guess was in the, uh, the career path, like mm. going from lawyer to acting. It went lawyer, uh, waiter, uh, <laughs> then doing some acting, but it, you know, it was, right. Uh, there was that, yeah. So, I mean, I think that was a, my sense of, I'm, I'm going to try to do what I want to do. Mm. And then, but then you, you know, and I'm so glad I did. I mean, every, all the if things that have transpired since, I mean, I've met some wonderful people. I've had some wonderful experiences acting and otherwise, I mean, just meeting people out here in LA, just even as frustrating as LA can be the city itself. And the uncertainty of the movie and TV business and commercial business, all the stuff that I'm a part of, but yet it has been so rewarding. Mm. Yet I'm still, I'm uncertain about my future. I don't know what's next. I don't know when, the, <laughs> what my next gig is going to be. You know, I'm still, I, you know, I'm not in that position. I'm not, I don't have like all these offers coming to me as, uh, you know, big name stars do. I mean, mm. I'm still auditioning for things. And so there's, I, I, you know, there's never a moment of, oh, yes, okay, we, I've arrived, I've got, mm. gotten there. And I think, I would think anyone, if they're honest, would, would be the same way. I mean, you, 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 we all only have this moment that we're in, you know, I'm, uh, and, and you don't know what's next. But, mm. And, um, and even as, fulfilled as I am, you know, I have this little boy, but then I now, not only do I worry about my future, now I'm worried about his future. So it's like, you never, it never stops. I mean, you can worry yourself constantly, you know, but you, you know, just try to do what you can and enjoy the, (laughs) this is not about the graduate. I guess it is the graduate. This is the graduate. And you, you, you know, each stage of life you go through, you, you're going into this next phase. And, but then you realize those phases are all just sort of like these patterns we, uh, our brains apply and that it's all just wash, you know, you know, no one ever really knows what they're doing and no, right. you know, that the, the patterns that you thought were there aren't really there anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I totally understand, you know, worrying about the future. And I mean, I've got one word for you, plastics. 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 
<laughs> See, listen, that'll take away all of your worries. Plastics, yes. plastics, <laughs> oh. plastics. I know. Oh boy, and that's forever. Forever. It's in the oceans. It's in the. It's everywhere. Oh, I know. Oh. Plastics. It's so true, though. I mean, and I think you make a great point. Even just you know discussing your own life in your career of well yeah. I started with you know a law degree and then I was in finance and then I was waiting yeah. and now I'm acting and I'm still worried and like I think yeah. that is universally I think understood because yeah, I think right. we've all kind of been there like I've had my doubts about my degree and then it's like well maybe I'll take this job it might make me happy and does this make me happy I don't know what's the future look like I know I know <laughs> it's, I yeah know. it's very universally understood which I think is why this movie is so iconic it's like I get that I understand yeah. like that confusion in that time of being in your early 20s and not knowing what the hell you're doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then you realize, and you get older, you realize that, yeah, like no one knows what they're doing. Right. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> but when, yeah, when, when, when I was younger, I did feel like, oh, everyone else has it all figured out. Yeah. It seems like to me, like, boy, he <laughs> seems really content doing what he's, he see, look at how happy she is over there. Well, gosh, I guess I'm just, you know, the only one feeling this way, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And then you grow up and you're like, either I'm doing oh. it completely wrong or I am not the only one. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Oh, man. Oh, oh. That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, what else can we say about this movie? I mean, it's iconic. Are you yeah. seducing me, Mrs. Robinson? I know, this li line is so iconic. great. Iconic. So good. May I ask you a question? What do you think of me? What do you mean? You've known me nearly all your life. You must have formed some opinion of me. Well, I always thought that you were a very nice person. Did you know I was an alcoholic? What? Did you know that? Look, I think I should be going. Sit down, Benjamin. Mrs. Robinson, if you don't mind my saying so, this conversation is getting a little strange. Now, I'm sure that Mr. Robinson will be here any minute now. No. What? My husband will be back quite late. He should be gone for several hours. Oh, my God. Pardon? Oh, no, Mrs. Robinson. Oh, no. What's wrong? Mrs. Robinson, you didn't... I mean, you didn't expect... What? I mean, you didn't really think I'd do something like that. <laughs> like what? What do you think? <laughs> well, I don't know. For God's sake, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> Here we are. You got me into your house. You give me a drink. You put on music. Now you start opening up your personal life to me and tell me your husband won't be home for hours. So? Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Are you trying to seduce me? Yeah, you're trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson. The, his, yeah, his delivery is so great. And just the acting... Richard Dreyfus is in it from Jaws. You know, he's got, I mean, and many other things, but that's what, uh, but uh, yeah, his one line, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, do you want me to get the cops? The I'll call the cops. I'll get the cops. That's it. I'll get the cops. <laughs> you know, I grew up watching Three's Company. So the guy that was um, with um, the, the landlord of where Benjamin was renting the, the, the place was a guy named, actually Norman Fell, I think. And he was Mr. Roper on, on Three's Company, oh, which is wow. a TV show back in the day when <laughs> I was a kid watching. And uh, so that was funny to see him and that. And uh, 
I mean, he, he, yeah, there were lots of just great, just the great actors, just the, the sound again, like I said, the, the, the visuals are just so great. And, yeah. um, just, just works for me. That's yeah. Really, yeah. Except for the Scarborough fair. That's the only, <laughs> my only complaint really is that, yeah. that, that song. And I did read an article that Paul, that Los Lobos, the band Los Lobos is, um, bitter about Paul Simon uh, sort of appropriating one of their songs for his album, Graceland. And so that always leaves us a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth about Paul Simon, but that's a uh. whole, that's another discussion. That's another discussion. <laughs> I, I love, I'm on Los Lobos' side on that one. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> Just for the record. <laughs> no, I mean, it is interesting. The Scarborough Affair We'll say it's a debate because I, I yes. think I'm with you in that it just goes a little bit too long for me. Yeah. yeah. But I do think it's interesting because one of the things that I had read was that Nichols wanted to use um, sounds to set a tone rather than to like match what was happening in the scene. Oh, uh, yeah. To kind of lead us into the feeling rather than like he's driving in the car, but it's and he's on his way to like tell uh elaine that like he wants to marry her but it's like yeah. this very slow melodrama dramatic yeah. feeling song yeah so yeah. it like it gives us it's not so much the you know hopeful or the you know rushing to your true love kind of feel it's very like right somber almost of yeah. like maybe this will work maybe this won't work who's to say yeah <laughs> It's that well. It's that sadness of not know. It's unrequited. Yeah. I guess love. I mean, he only barely knows her, but <laughs> right. I mean, I guess he grew up. They grew up together, but still. But mm. yeah, you know, it's that feeling of I'm and I'm feeling this, and I don't think it's rich being returned. Yeah. And that sort of feeling is in that song. And I feel it in the tone. I guess I just don't like the tone. The actual music of that song for some reason i don't know why it's, and the flute i don't know if something <laughs> in the flute that's my own it's my own problem i got i am i well but the no it's also it would be different if it were just like just in the scenes of like him driving in the car like him waiting at berkeley but it feels yeah. like it goes on for like three or four scenes in a row yeah, and it's right. like let's pick another song come please, on <laughs> please i know and then you notice there's not i and i'll I was reading about it and I, and I, and I guess I was like, Oh yeah, I guess he's right. It, there wasn't a lot of, there were those m segments of the movie that are sort of put to those Simon and Garfunkel songs, but then the rest is music free. I mean, it's sort yeah. of, lets, it, it does its own work with the, the sound of the, what's happening in the scene and the, and the dialogue, which I love, you know, it, it's, it's, it's so associated with that music, but yet that music is only a small fraction yeah. of the whole movie. That's what's so, funny about it i guess but yeah mm. well there's definitely a care in like what happens with the sound of this movie because like yeah like you said the the songs are such a small portion of it even though they are well associated with the film yeah. but when you like listen a lot of the sounds are like almost heightened like the ice hitting the glass or the bubbles oh, in right. the pool when he's underwater it's like almost deafening oh, when you're listening yes. to it like, yeah right yeah right. it's like very carefully put into there yeah just for fun almost it's like let's know, see if you right? catch this <laughs> i know and it's so funny that the sound i mean that you know you can if you should have a 
more qualified person to speak about sound in movies <laughs> than I. But I mean, it can do so much. It can even, I feel personally that if the sound is right, it can almost make up for any visuals. Then, then like we were saying, if you're, even if you're not seeing the action, if you're hearing and you're able, your brain is able to imagine what's going on based on the sound. It, mm-hmm. it is, it's powerful. It can do so much, even though you want the pretty visuals, but, and, and that is equally as important. It's still, the sound can even, um, uh, compensate for any sort of visual lacking or any, what you perceive visual lacking, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's so important that, and maybe the sound touches something else in your brain that, um, allows you to imagine more maybe it, it maybe it, and so the visual is more concrete where you're definitely seeing okay that's definitely this red car okay i yeah. see it but when you hear the <laughs> the engine and you don't see a car then you're it's sort of you're able to imagine all sorts of things oh yeah you know? and so well it's like know, all these different expansive. yeah it's like all these like almost psychological aspects in this film mm-hmm. of like we're not going to show you everything, but you're going to know what's happening and yeah. we're going to heighten the sound to like keep you focused on the fact that he's just sitting in the bottom of a pool and, you <laughs> right. know, the no. ice hitting the glass is very important because he's pouring the wrong drink. And it's like we are right. constantly engaged by things in this movie. Yes. It's insane. <laughs> yes, I know. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> the doors slamming and this. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, the clinking of the glass, that is such a great, and the ice in the glass is so great. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get you a drink, Ben. Oh, Scotch your drink? Scotch your drink. <laughs> Still your drink. Yeah. <laughs> it's so oh, good. Man, so good. This was such a fun movie to watch. And like, and granted, I'm, you know, I'm still trying to catch up on every movie ever made. So. Oh, yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it was good to have like an excuse to be like, I'm going to watch The Graduate today. <laughs> yes, good. Well, I love that you procre- that you watched it last night. I was that you because I, I thought I because I watched it the very last scenes last night. But I, I, you know, had I had a few weeks to do it. And I was like, why? It's like I didn't learn anything This is <laughs> in school or like, why did it? It's like I'm, I'm cr- procrastinated to the very end to do the, the assignment. I was like, right. why have I done this again? Waited till the end. I'm yeah. trying to like desperately like catch a moment to like look stuff up about the graduate, you know. <laughs> uh, I just wanted it to be really fresh in my mind yes, as well. Of like if I wait oh. until the last minute, it'll yes. still be there. <laughs> good point. Good point. Yes, me too. That's what I it was all intentional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, is there anything else we can say about this movie? Because it kind of feels like we're getting close to the end of of what we think about this film, which is that it's great. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is great. Uh, Gosh, I can't think of anything right now. Let me just peruse on my phone here and see if there are any notes. uh, uh, No, just the actor's age. Anne Bancroft was 36 and Dustin Hoffman was 30. And That's crazy. That. And Catherine Ross, who played Elaine, was 27. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I but did they, read. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. 
No, no, no. I was going to say, they, I think they put some makeup on uh, Anne Bancroft to age her up a little bit, you know. And, and... I, I hope so, because I read one thing and I was like, that's rude, <laughs> where it was like Dustin Hoffman had such like a boyish face. And uh, then right. because because uh, Anne Bancroft, you know, was a smoker and a drinker and all this other stuff, like it aged her face a little. And I'm like, well, that's rude. Oh, yeah. I didn't see. Oh, I read that, that they purposely aged her. Like, oh, put good. makeup on to age her. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Yes. Because she was, I mean, gosh, she's only 36. I know. I know. She's supposed to be twice his age, right? I mean, she was supposed right. to be 40, had, had Elaine when she was in college or something, mm. you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. So. I'm sure that was a funny dynamic to be that <laughs> close in age and you're supposed to be like right. you know, a whole generation apart. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that's so rude to say about somebody. I know, it is rude. She's yeah. not like, she's a stunning woman. Like, Oh I don't... my gosh, Anne Bancroft is awesome. She's so pretty. <laughs> I did read where she said years after that movie, like younger men would always like tell her that, <laughs> like she was this their first like fantasy or something like <laughs> right. oh boy oh god not another one <laughs> can I have a check can I get out of here Where's right door? I have I to go. leave thank I have you to go now <laughs> yeah I can't After even that. oh yeah. man oh gosh I can't but even imagine great. I think she married um Mel Brooks you know Mel Brooks yes the director I think she was married to him right I yes I yeah. think um because I think Hoffman was supposed to do a film I think he was supposed to do producers with oh. Mel Brooks. And he said to Mel Brooks, hey, hey, I just got the script. Do you mind if I audition for it? Mel Brooks was like, yeah, sure, but you're not going to get it. You're That's fine. It. And then he ended up getting the lead part. Yeah. Well, and then we didn't even talk about that. He was totally, I mean, as far as the book goes, he, Dustin Hoffman doesn't match the character. Right. You know, the all-American sort of blonde, <laughs> yeah. you know, Robert Redford kind of guy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think Robert Redford even auditioned too. And Nichols was like, You've uh, never struck out with a woman before, have you? And he's like, I don't understand the question. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry. What does that mean? <laughs> oh. I thought everyone gets to pick the woman they want to be with at all right. times. Yeah, well, please, come on. <laughs> Too much. Oh man. oh, man. I love those ifs, though, of like, what if Robert Redford, Redford, yeah. Redford, <laughs> you want to edit that out? Yeah, right. <laughs> I was, the, the, the what ifs of like, if Robert Redford got that part. Right. If Dustin Hoffman was in the producers instead, like. Yeah. I know. How would those movies have been different? You know? I know. So it, up, well, back to your Back to the Future uh, I, reference. It upsets the time. <laughs> space continuum yes, right does. you can't play those games just <laughs> everything changes then exactly exactly <laughs> oh boy <laughs> yeah. but you're right i mean it, you, it it does make it easier to empathize i mean dustin hoffman's a good looking guy i mean there's nothing oh yeah it's just a different it wasn't what was originally in the book and i i wouldn't have known going into the movie it didn't matter because i didn't know what the original thought was anyway so right. when i first saw the movie i just was like yeah it's dustin hoffman he's the this character, the Ben, but if he was the all American sort of, you, you might not have the same empathy, even though of course the, the typical all American uh, man would have the same issues, same right. hopes and dreams and failed aspirations as anybody else. But I mean, you just, you, it helps you start off the movie. Like, Oh, this guy's a little more awkward. Right. Uh, 
not quite, <laughs> doesn't have it all together, you know? Yeah. He's not super suave from start to right. finish. It's like, right. even in the end, he's not super suave. He's just no. a little, he's just like slightly more confident in like, I'm going to yeah. marry Elaine. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He did. Yeah. He's not. And things, yeah, he just makes it happen. He's just determined to yeah. make it happen. I'll run, you know, with gas. I'm out of gas. I'll run. Yeah. I'll do whatever it takes, you know. And so, <laughs> and then that is attractive to the sort of determination, even in the sort of face of reality, maybe not yeah. being in your favor, I guess. Or, <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, it feels like we've kind of covered everything. Yeah. And this feels like a pretty good stopping point. Okay, great. I love it. I mean, it should. are we looking out for things? Are you like, what's going on with you? Where should we find uh, you? So I'm hoping to be in this Netflix uh, miniseries called Painkiller, kind of oh. about the opiate crisis and sort of uh, tracing the... Uh, was it Oxycontin sort of the oh, beginnings yeah, of that? Yeah. So I just would be a small, small part of it, but great people involved in that. Yeah. So I'm hoping, hoping that works out. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. But other than that, I'm worried about my future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as, uh, as Benjamin so yes, succinctly absolutely. said. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about my future. <laughs> yes. Can relate. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for coming back on the show. First oh, and foremost. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, of please. course, you're welcome anytime. Great. If, a, if a movie comes in your head, you just message me and we'll, we'll make it happen. Okay, good. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> Always a joy to spend Likewise. time with you, of course. And, uh, and we can chat a little bit, you know, after the recording has been hit. Oh, uh, that's the good stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again thank you so much for coming on this has been wonderful my pleasure my pleasure thank you another huge thank you to johnny sneed for coming back on the show and talking about one of his all-time favorite films the graduate now as i had said in the interview this was my first time watching it i've watched it a couple times since and um, my fiance was like how have you not seen this movie. I've seen this movie and I don't even watch movies. So don't worry, crisis averted. And granted, always a good time talking with Johnny and always such a pleasure. I always, I love when people want to come back and because they think, oh man, I love this movie. Let's talk about this. So always a joy, always a pleasure. And as always, if you liked this episode, we do have two seasons worth of content, plus a summer session talking about the film industry. Uh, you can also check out Johnny's previous time on the show where we talked about being there, which another very strange, very great movie. Uh, additionally, you can also follow us on social media. We have an Instagram account at scopophilia underscore podcast, as well as a TikTok account for all of the young kids out there who like TikTok. It's me. I'm young kids, or at least I'm pretending to be. Uh, that is at scopophilia the podcast. And since you're already on your phone or on the internet, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Helps us out a lot, and I love hearing from you guys. And if that's not enough for you, if you need more, we do also have merch um, that you can buy on our website for the show. 
ncpodcasts.com slash scopophilia. It's the Next Chapter podcast website. You can also find this in the link of our Instagram bio. We have shirts, we have hats, we have tote bags, all for your consumption and just another way of telling the world how much you love the show. I know I wear mine constantly because it is so soft and it's such great quality. As always, I'm your host, Becky Teller, leading the millennial movie movement here on Scopophilia. And I'll see you all next Friday. Bye.